So you've just been bought by Sabre. You've probably got a lot of questions. Hi, I'm Christian Slater. What's it like to work for Sabre? Let's find out together. Working at Sabre means taking on the challenge of the road that rises to meet you. Sabre, respecting the past, but opening the window to the future. Have you ever tasted a rainbow? At Sabre, you will. Out of paper, out of stock, there's friendly faces around the block. Break loose from the chains that are causing you pain. Call Michael and Stanley, Jim Dwight Creed, call Andy and Kelly for your business paper needs or Dundermiff. Then the people versus paper people, Dundermiff. Then the people versus paper people, Dundermiff. Then the people versus paper people. Hello and welcome to the Michael Scott Podcast Company, a show for fans of The Office by fans of The Office. I'm your host in supplier relations, Sean Roney. Coordinating Director of Emerging Regions, Edwin Janes. And with us, as always, our producer in the warehouse, Mr. Alex Ward. You don't want to get on my bad side. I've seen some horrible things. I own over 200 horror movies. Okay, that's so weird. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Every week, we pick a topic uh, to discuss uh, about uh, our favorite show, The Office. This week, Saber. Not Sabre. Not Sabre. Let's be clear. The company and the story arc. Mm-hmm. Just going to discuss some of the episodes and and uh, our favorite moments. Yeah, I think generally speaking, talking about some of the different eras of the office. I think the Saber era was something that I kind of gravitated towards. Just uh, you know, begins in the middle of season six and continues through the end of season eight. So it kind of covers Michael and Jim as co-manager, Michael's great gradual exit through season seven, and then of course the era of Robert California at the end with Andy as the manager. So it's kind of an interesting time. And I think, too, uh, it kind of transitions out of Dunder Mifflin as this struggling, will they get downsized, will they go bankrupt kind of uh, scenario into this, they've been purchased by this parent company, and now they have to kind of live with the uh, the sort of initiatives or regulations or rules of, of the sort of uh, corporate overlord. Right. Know? There's that the episode when we first learn about Sabre. Sabre, I was going to say Sabre, Sabre, mm-hmm. um, is, uh, let's see, season six, uh, episode 15. Yeah. And the episode is Sabre. So just to backtrack a little bit. So this kind of first starts to happen, obviously, throughout the early seasons, there's talk of downsizing. You know, they're kind of struggling as a company. Right. Um, That's always a threat in the in the background. In the episode Murder. Right. Okay. There is a one of my favorites. Right. There is this news that Dunder Mifflin is going bankrupt. They don't really know what's going to happen with the company, and uh, so they lock themselves in the office and they play this. Uh, they play this board game, right? This murder it's a little board game. game. Yeah. What is it, sir? <laughs> there has been a murder, and you are a suspect. It's Bell's Bourbon and uh... Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> Uh, so, but then uh, in Secret Santa, we find out that the company has actually been purchased, right? Right. So David Wallace, they say, David, what's going to happen? Right. Meredith I'll be tells, fired. Right. Yeah. Meredith tells David that his wife is a very lucky woman. Um, <laughs> and so David says, you know, to the branch, you guys are the only thing about this company that works. So, which leads us into the banker, right? Oh, okay. The, that's the clip show. Right. Season six, episode 14. With, where... with, with Gail from Breaking Bad, which we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm little guest appearance. And then, uh, so the banker comes in and to kind of evaluate 
the the branch. It turns out Michael is now the highest ranking employee at Dunder Mifflin, right? And he does some cosmetic upgrades to, uh, to try to wow the uh, the the banker. He creates uh, Computron. Uh, Computron, yeah. Brings in uh, and brings in new Stanley, <laughs> and then uh, also <laughs> greets the banker on the Segway. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And then he has Dwight try to sit in for Toby, right? Oh yeah. And then Toby comes in and kicks him out, and Dwight says, "Oh." You must be referring to me, Dwight Trude, the company's top salesman and the inventor of Computron. <laughs> but the role that I'm playing now is that of gracious host. <laughs> so, uh, but it's a clip show, and it's funny. I'm going back to it. That's an episode that I probably rewatched the least, right? Yeah. And not mm-hmm. to linger on this particular episode too much, but it's it's actually really fun to watch because it's very holistic. It kind of sums up this sort of first half of the show or this first kind of um, era of the show, and it ends with. Michael's saying, you know, I don't know what this guy is going to, how he's going to see us. Like, he might not think of us as anything, but like, I think, you know, like he's, who's he to tell us what we're capable of or how special we are, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. which is like a really nice, endearing way to think about the office and, and who they are. There's this kind of uh, rinky dink paper right. company in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Well, right? I think that that's, that's funny that you bring that up because it's like, uh, you know, going back to, to my whole thing that's like my philosophy is that the show is, is just about trying to, to like rise above like the mundane life of of being in an office being just a cog in this corporate machine mm-hmm. right so it's like michael all of a sudden being the most powerful person in dunder mifflin it's not right for the comedy of the show he's got to be that that really angry teeny tiny manager again right mm-hmm. He has a really hard time with all the changes that. Well, so then. Yeah, so I think that happens later right, on. So right, what you're right. talking about happens as soon as right. Saber comes in. Um, the next episode, like, as you said, titled Saber, we get the introduction of Gabe Lewis as mm-hmm. the uh, coordinating director for Emerging Regions. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Oh, great cold open, by the way, in Saber when uh, Michael gets the box of uh, office supplies right. <laughs> that belong to Gabe. Scissor me. <laughs> right. Due to reasons Impossible. beyond our control, <laughs> impulsivity and attention to detail. He opened it like an ape. Right, yeah. And then they rebuild it with, uh, with Michael's cell phone inside. That's right. Uh, but Gabe outlines all these new rules from corporate. They watch an introduction video with Christian Slater. Um, and then <laughs> Michael right. begins to kind of chafe at sort of the new uh, restrictions from Saber. So they block yeah. the time-wasting websites. Uh, Everyone the gets water the water bottles, bottles yeah. instead of the little paper cups dipped in plastic. And then we see Kathy Bates as Joe Bennett for the first time talking to Michael on Skype. Yeah. Um, and she basically tells him, like, you have until the end of the day if you don't mm-hmm. really like these changes. So he has to kind of make, adjust really quickly. Yeah. It's kind of like the the writers sort of shook the snow globe of the universe of the show. And we're like, you know, there's, let's put, uh, yeah, like you said, kind of new parents mm-hmm. are, and it's like, there's new rules. Uh, anything that was sort of stale about Dunder Mifflin got a little bit refreshed and a couple new characters came in, new blood. Um, what I was thinking about in terms of Saber is just how, like, as the show goes on, the world keeps expanding. Like, mm-hmm. you start and you're just in that Dunder Mifflin branch. In season two, you kind of, like, start to see that New York corporate office a little more. In season three, you get the Scranton branch. Uh, sorry, not the Scranton branch. The uh, Stanford branch. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you kind of just, you it keeps needing to, to grow and you... Like so now we've got Saber down in Tallahassee, Florida, which of course they travel there eventually. Mm-hmm. Um to your point, I think when they uh you know, reading some of the reviews and articles about this at the time, there were there were rumors about whether or not the office was going to do a big reboot in season nine, right? Mm. And one critic I was reading said, uh, it's actually more surprising that they're trying that they would even resist trying to do a reboot because 
at the end of season eight, there's it's so sprawling. They're all over the place. And in season nine, I think Greg Daniels came back as showrunner and he talked about wanting to kind of bring things back, reset, do more stuff in the office. So yeah. to your point, it does continue to expand as uh, as the show goes on, which is partly kind of natural, but it does it spirals out of a muck. I think so. I think as as this as this saber story arc goes, if we're looking at that whole, I mean, what is it? It's it's two, it's and, two and, and a half, half seasons. seasons. Yeah. Um, if we're looking at that whole thing as one story arc at the end of that, I mean, um, I mean, that's kind of like the worst moments in the show maybe, but (laughs) I mean, it just gets so bizarre when they're in Florida and, um, they're opening the, uh, the store. You know, it's funny. I think, uh, that bringing in a a corporate buyer and then having a parent company to Dunder Mifflin, it's kind of interesting because it addresses number one. The fact that like they're always teetering, they're always struggling. Like, are they successful? Like, will they go under? Like, you can't you can't have that literally forever, right? So it does sort of bring about some sort of change, which you would expect, right? Like, you can't teeter on the edge forever if you're a business, right? Mm. And then it also brings in this idea that people in an office have to live with corporate initiatives or things that are brought down from people who don't necessarily live or sit with you, right? Like, that's something that I think people deal with every day. So mm-hmm. it was, it's kind of interesting to think that. I mean, number one, you shift that 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 tone of whether or not they're successful or whether or not they'll stay in business. Um, and you know, you, uh, you bring in this idea that you have to deal with corporate, but it doesn't feel any more realistic. You know what I mean? Like the, t- the overall tone of the show remains just as silly as it always did. It never, it never gets any more serious or any more right. quiet or anything like that. It's like the logo changes, uh, you know, small, subtle things. Like mm-hmm. you said, the water bottle, I wonder too, possibly a response, um, as, to the to the real world sort of economic yeah. situation, this the is recession was going on. Two thousand nine, yeah. right? When season six came out, right in the middle of it, and it's like, how longer? How much longer can you justify a paper supplier company? And that and that the world is getting more digital and more um, exactly paperless. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So like, um, let's move to printers. limitless paper in a paperless right. world. <laughs> Tagline of that commercial that Michael makes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, uh, like, and speaking of Michael, too, it's funny when I was thinking about this, preparing for this story arc, I was kind of like, man, Saber's some of my, like, least favorite. Mo- I mean, I'm not as into season eight with Robert California and, and all the, and, uh, and no Michael. And I kind of think about Saber as a no Michael story arc, but that's completely wrong. I kind of, I totally forget about, I don't know, just thinking about Saber as a whole, I totally forget about Michael's relationship with Joe Bennett, which is hysterical. Right. I mean, th- episodes like The Whistleblower. No more I'm than knee of- high on a grasshopper. <laughs> was wait, was what I said not enough? You had to make up your own phrase? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but she's, she's a, a, like... She's a scene stealer. I, she's fantastic. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it's it's kind of a nice, like, something that always not bothered me, but was really unrealistic in a world of unrealistic things of the show, was... The amount of times David Wallace just looks the other way and goes, "Okay, Michael," and it, it, and like all ninety percent of those times, Michael Scott should have been fired. Yeah. But instead, David Wallace is just like, "Sure, okay." <laughs> and so it's nice to have Joe Bennett, who's suddenly like, "Who you a strange man? Like, what are you talking about?" Right. It's just kind of a nice. Uh, One of the first things she does is is blow up the co-manager thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Are you sure? I thought this guy was manager. No, they're co-managers. He goes, we have to do something about that. (laughs) Two people doing the same job. I love, too, that whenever she comes in, she has different, like, pairs of dogs. Like, that's so funny. Always massive dogs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they go right after Andy's crotch. (laughs) I love a good crotch. (laughs) That means they like you. I think, too, one thing... (laughs) Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great that's a, moment. Such a great moment. That is. 
I think, too, uh, one thing about this sort of time in the show is it introduces a lot of change, right? They're selling printers and not paper, right? Mm -hmm. Their company is now based in Florida, which is a lot further than New York, which even though it's New York, it never felt that far away, right? Right. It's only a couple hours drive. They go there every now and then, but like it didn't Mm -hmm. feel all that different or all that far away, at least not in the same way that Florida did when they go down to visit, where they go to open the store, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And I think, too, it kind of marks the beginning. Except Gabe, just going back and forth. (laughs) Scranton, corporate says, Gabe, we need you in Scranton. So I'm up here a couple days a week. Scranton says, Gabe, we need you in Florida. So I'm in in Scranton Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I'm in Florida Tuesday, Thursday. I can't think of any better way to get over my crippling fear of flying. Incredible. (laughs) Incredible. The uh, toilet of Saber, right? Right, <laughs> that's he, right. As he, self, as he refers to it. You himself. know, Gabe, you could have said garbage disposal, incinerator, or eraser, but instead you went with toilet. God bless you. You're an American, American classic. classic. Uh, but anyway, I think it marks the, the, <laughs> the time when viewers became a little bit disconnected from the show. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, what is, the under, what, what is the office? It's a show about a paper company in Pennsylvania. Right. Right. And in season eight, they're full on a printer company based out of Florida, right? And, and they're Scott in Florida. Michael Scott's gone, right? So it's kind of the beginning of that period where, like, if you were going to tune out of the office because you tune in, you're like, "What is going on? You know, why why are they doing this? Where are they?" Mm-hmm. Like, it would make sense if you weren't, you know, locked in week after week viewing. So right, yeah. and a true a true the last sort of shred of a connection to the BBC office is that they sell paper. You know, just like mm-hmm. the original source material it's it's as boring of a product as you can think of right exactly integral to the character of the show that they sell paper i I feel like especially if you know in the bbc office um here i go bringing up the bbc office again now they're selling the finest printers korea can make and the pyramid gabe says don't think of yourselves as paper salesmen think of yourselves as printer salesmen who just sell paper Mm-hmm. You know, Michael goes, don't like that. Right. <laughs> right. So it's a first thing. I guess let's like, let's, let's dial it. Uh, let's dive in a little bit. Okay. Track. So yeah. season six, let's go to the end of season okay, six, okay. right? From the banker to Saber, we get Jim, uh, or we get the fact that Saber, right? Doesn't cap commissions. So right. uh, Jim and Michael are both competing to be salesmen, right? Right, right. And we get this great sort of inversion where Michael is salesman and Jim is manager. Yeah. And Jim is kind of, he's like, you got to do something, man. You can't just sit there. Right. I, I I like how we get like an appreciation too for like how much everyone puts up with in the bullpen that they don't even they don't even complain about right Michael can't stand mm-hmm. Phyllis. right Phyllis's <laughs> perfume or fart uh, uh, yeah I think it's I think it's gas he goes no that's <laughs> geological <laughs> sulfuric <laughs> oh that part uh, really makes. Uh, when Jim edits together the audiobook oh, to yeah. say what he wants, yeah, it's not that easy, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to like you if you're too fat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then also, you Michael. Gay uh, sit down. <laughs> gay. Michael uh, starts celebrating his sales, right? And they're like, all right, we don't really do that anymore. And he's like, it's uh-huh. a it, it's a crucial part of the sales experience. And they're like, all right, well, it's not really 1994 anymore. And they all laugh <laughs> yeah. to each other. I thought that that's such a funny moment. That is like, great. And this, you know, of course, not every episode in this moment really rolls up into Saber, like Jim and Pam having their baby, Jim and Pam getting married. Like these aren't really things that happen under the purview of Saber. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just kind of something that's kind of going on in the background. Mm. Right. This idea of the new leads when they get the sales leads. Oh, yeah. And the salesmen are suddenly in charge and it ends with that green screen scene at the dump. <laughs> right. Uh, very, very clear green screen. But, Dude, so bad. <laughs> and they get that. Uh, the cleanest garbage. But yeah, <laughs> just clean cardboard boxes. I do love the kind of rekindling of Michael and Dwight, though. 
Yeah. At the end of that, when they come back and they're friends and they're like, what's that? And they're like, it's a beanbag chair, but only Michael and I can sit in it. And they're like, yeah, baby. (laughs) And then Andy and Angela at the end. Oh, wait, no. Andy and Aaron at the end. Mm -hmm. Kiss. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. At the dump looking for leads. Yeah. One of a couple of Andy's great. Awful set, though. I I just want to (laughs) reiterate. I do really like the way they treat Andy and Aaron in this part of the show. And Andy and Aaron it's are cute. very, they're very cute. They're very earnest, right? They're they similarly, make sense as a couple. They're similarly oblivious, right? Andy's nice, not a total dick like he is a later monster. in the show. There's a moment where Andy says, or Aaron says, uh, you know, after the 12 days of Christmas thing, I can't wait to see how Andy actually asked me yeah. out. And Andy's Paul's like, kind of in Aaron's court. <laughs> yeah, I'm hint, I've hinted as hard as I can. Right? <laughs> he's like, uh, he's like, I want to wait till the stars are light. Uh, no, really. There's a skylight above my bedroom. I'd like for the moon to be in view. <laughs> Lay it on the charm. Uh, another one of my favorite episodes that happens during this time is Happy Hour, right? Oh. It doesn't have anything oh, to yeah. do with Saber, but like... Date Mike. It's, it's a great... It's just an all-time... Date Mike's of, an all-timer. I think it's an all-time fun episode in The yeah, Office. Yeah, very fun episode. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, it wraps up... Oh, that's a piece of a chair, so, as you were. Uh, and and then, a ding. Uh, woo! Ooh, turning off the dings. And then, of course, uh, the the season wraps up with the printer explosion mm-hmm. thing. The as far as Saber is concerned, also wraps up. We with are Michael. blowing the roof off. <laughs> <laughs> also encapsulates Michael dating Donna, but that's not so much involved with uh, with Saber. But right. It's, it's Andy and Daryl figuring out that printers explode. Right. And then them trying to figure out who the whistleblower is. Right. 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 And uh, and uh, do uh, what we learn too that the whistleblower is multiple people. Right. Uh, Andy did email somebody probably. I don't know if that's ever like officially stated that he actually. Yes. Yes, he did. Okay. So when also Daryl told a journalist. Right. My sadness. Meredith tell someone too. No. So it was. (laughs) So they bring a bunch of people in the van. Right. And it, Michael does the the miming of the drinking and then the van. Mm-hmm. And Pam is like, weirdly, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, so right. it's Pam, Kelly, and Daryl. Yeah. He's like, points to the watch, five, outside, drinking. <laughs> and they meet in Meredith's van. <laughs> yeah. And it's, weirdly, know what you mean. That is such a great one. And oh, Kelly's God. like, of course it is. I think I tweeted it. You know, she's like, I do everything. I white. I do I, I woof. Right. I yeah. think that's it is the so first... boring where we work. Right. <laughs> um, I think that's the first mention of woof. Oh, she's like I talk, I tweet, I text, I woof. Woof. It, it might be that. I don't yeah, know. I think you might show. be right. Is that before woof.com? Really? Yeah. Oh, they, I didn't they even tease realize it. they were breadcrumbs. They tease it at one point. I don't know I exactly think it, what. I think it cuts right when she says, I woof. And then it cuts to, to Ryan. Ryan in his closet explaining right. what woof Oh, okay. Is. Why it, tell you it. when I can woof you? Right. right. <laughs> right. Aaron calls. She's like, Ryan, you have a woof on line one. Um, <laughs> but then, uh, but what happens is Nick, the IT guy, right, mm-hmm. um, is uh, he's leaving and he's like, goodbye, everyone. I'm going to go to Detroit to like teach inner city school kids. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what's this guy's name? Like, it's, it's something weird, like Garth, Garth. or Shadow. <laughs> and they're like, no, my name's, he's like, my name's Nick. You can't figure that out. And then Jim calls him Sport or something yeah. like that, or yeah. Champ, right? Yeah. So he gets really upset and he's like, Daryl, why are you telling people you're not on Facebook? They want to be your friend. Yeah. And he's like, looks at Kelly. He's like, you're not a size zero. And then he looks they, at Andy. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he goes, this, this guy's guy. the, this guy's this guy's the snitch. Li- yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So he outs him right there like that. Yeah, that's right. I love, okay. too, when Michael has his reversal where Joe is starting to question everyone. And she's like, what do you think they should do? And Michael's like, we should send him. We should lock him up. Send him to Montego Bay. <laughs> and then when he finds and then- out... 
about the whistleblowers, he softens it up and he's like, "You bring them back and you work them and you make them sit next <laughs> we, to all the people." Do we they give them a Christmas over. bonus? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, "Michael Scott, what do you know?" Right. Uh, wait. Oh, wait. What does he say when they meet on her private jet? Oh, God. There's some great moments. He says, uh, "He's." Like, I have a. I have a lunch date with the chief of police. <laughs> Right, because she's wor- he's worried that like she's gonna like she's gonna kill, kill him. him or something, right? And he's like having <laughs> just having a tough year. My favorite restaurant closed. My new favorite restaurant stinks. My blockbuster stock is down. <laughs> and then and then he says, and Holly, whom I loved, is in Nashua, right? Yeah. And then Joe is the one who's like, really? And he's like, oh, she's like, I'll see what you. He goes, what can? Uh, she says, what can I do for you? And he says, well, you can bring Holly back from Nashua. Yeah. And she's like, okay, I'll see what I can do. Right. And then he agrees to uh, take the blame. Take the blame for the, the printers. I love, too, there's that moment where he thinks that the news people are there to talk about his affair. <laughs> I want to apologize <laughs> to oh the coach. God. And all the kids. <laughs> and they're like, sir, we were uh, hoping you could talk about the printers. And he goes, oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, because he's talking about his relationship. His affair with Donna. He thinks, right. he thinks that a news coach. crew is rushing him in the parking lot to talk about <laughs> his affair with Donna. Because when your hot girlfriend tells you, tells you you want to go to the Poconos, you take her there and we screw <laughs> And bang her. Uh, All right, so moving into season seven. Okay, yeah. sir. Season seven doesn't really have a ton of Sabre stuff, right? Gabe no. obviously is there as the corporate liaison. Um, but looking at the episodes and stuff, Joe isn't really involved nearly as much. Mm-hmm. Um, Probably, seasons... I would imagine, because she's a busy actress. Yeah. Right, of course. Kate well, Bates, and like, and, and realistically, this executive probably doesn't need to be involved <laughs> on screen. What? Uh, in the way that David Wallace, <laughs> in the, way that David the Wallace? CFO, uh, yeah. was, right? I actually think, oh, it's funny, too, Robert that... California is um, pretty involved, too. Is... Michael does go to see David Wallace when he's upset about the changes, and yeah. David Wallace is in his hot tub oh, talking yeah. about suck it. Suck right? it. He's like, that's not David Wallace. That's <laughs> somebody else who lives in David Wallace's house, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Um, but of course, season seven, we get the exit of Michael, the gradual sort of, uh, evolution of Michael, the growth that he shows before he leaves. Um, season seven is my personal favorite episode of the show. And I think, or my, my personal favorite season of the show. Oh, okay. And, uh, I think that we get that because Saber gives them a, an air of stability, right? Mm. You're not concerned about them going under really. Right. You know, they're talking about printers and paper and stuff, but like they can have all these different episodes like the ultimatum or I'm um, sorry, or the search committee, right? Where Michael is lost and stuff and it doesn't really have a business impact. Mm-hmm. Right. Their managers are just gone out there eating giant egg rolls. Or I, guess, I hadn't thought about that. It is a weird moment where like, you know, obviously there are, there are parts in the office when the Scranton branch is, is under some pressure. Charles minor Jan, when she is not dating Michael. Um, and, and, Robert California is very intense on them too, but there, this is kind of a moment season seven, Joe and Michael are friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything seems fine, right? I mean, there's not really many business threats all through season seven. Let's chase this back. Joe and Michael are friends. Yeah. Michael finds time to go visit Joe over the 4th of July. All of a sudden, Joe and Michael aren't friends anymore. Where does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. <right? laughs> 
but but to your point, right? There's not nearly as much uh, friction between corporate and um, and this and Michael at this time in the yeah. show. Yep. But uh, it does come up near the end of the show when um, the season. Yeah, or excuse me, it does come up near the end of the season where uh, Joe's friends and her contacts are going to be considered for managerial roles. So D'Angelo comes in as a temporary manager. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nelly is brought in as a friend of Joe to interview for the manager position. Right. right. Joe comes back uh, during that search committee and she's like, I don't want to hire another manager. Like, make this count. Yeah. She's got Jim, Gabe, and Toby as the uh, as the search committee. Right? Yeah. And of course, they end up with Robert California. Right. And we Shut get, up about the sun. Shut up about the sun. <laughs> we also get Dwight as acting manager where he fires the gun and oh, yeah. that's a girl's pistol. Oh yeah. Beaumont Adams. Beaumont then you get, Adams. Then immediately after that you get Creed Bratton as acting manager. Right. Yeah. The, Who the, has the most seniority? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Bo body. What Bo a moment. body. What, what are we the, doing? <laughs> what does the first B stand for? Business. That's a time I we, like it. They get, <laughs> they get. That's the time you get those the new intros at the end of the credits. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you get a few different ones in like within a few episodes. So that's a little fun. Little and you thing. get Creed mm-hmm. turning the yeah. Yep, mm-hmm. exactly. No, that's a really good one. I, do the other thing you mentioned about um, like not having the corporate tension as much as I thought they did a good thing, which is instead of someone like David Wallace occasionally bumping heads, uh, they just sort of embodied the corporate office in a character of Gabe. And put him in the office. Yeah. Interacting with him all the time. So he has, he's like Toby, but he's much more, I mean, Toby in terms of he works for corporate, but he has corporate's interest on a day-to-day level in the office, interacting with people, enforcing these sort of vague corporate rules. And it's, I just thought that was a great movie. Gabe is so funny. I mean, I love when, okay, when, uh, when, uh, Frick. Oscar makes the video <laughs> Cookie Monster. Parody. Oh, because Kevin le- leaves voicemails for Oscar mm-hmm. and he turns them into Cookie Monster videos. Mm-hmm. And Gabe sees it as an opportunity to th- like throw his weight around and see what he's what actually... What little weight he has. Yeah, the what, caption what, what, what we learn is almost oh, no, none. Right. <laughs> right, yeah. So I can't fire them, but I can reprimand them. Oh, I can't reprimand them. Walk um, away, bitch. <laughs> C is for suspension. (laughs) Sounds like they just got to go home without pay, right? That's what happens at the end, Mm -hmm. right? And then Dwight is clapping, and they're like, all right, Dwight, you too. And he's like, no, I was applauding your no-nonsense decision-making. Even in the costume contest episode, there is uh, clarity about who's the boss, right? Because Michael, you know, people, Daryl went over uh, Michael's head to corporate about yeah. the idea that delivery or the warehouse workers can sell paper while they're driving. Madge from the warehouse just made her first sale, right? Yeah, right. And then so they both agree that if Gabe doesn't like their idea, they'll go to Joe. Yeah. With, uh, with, uh, I am not idea. budging on the hat idea. <laughs> Michael wants to put ideas in a hat if you pull them out. Uh. Sometimes I wonder if I have ovaries in my scrotum. <laughs> Oh my God! Wait, what is that fire? He's like, I love girl. Talk. I love girl talk. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh there's a there's a great deleted scene that I saw today where uh, it's in the Todd Packer episode, and Holly is trying to explain to Michael that like people don't like Todd Packer, right? And and uh, Michael's like, okay, so some people are indifferent. She's like, no, they they hate Packer. They're indifferent about Gabe. And it pans to Gabe sitting alone in the break room eating sushi with chopsticks, like staring off into the distance. (laughs) (laughs) And Gabe really shines in uh, season eight. Yeah. In the Tallahassee, trying to suck up to Robert California, 
that so, whole sort of era. He just has so many funny lines. I love the, I love when um, he's down there and like, you know, somebody throws up on him and he's like, they don't make these cords in boot cut anymore. Oh my gosh. Right? Yeah. You mentioned Gabe. Gabe and chopsticks. Right. I know how to use chopsticks so well. <laughs> Sorry. I just, when am I ever going to play he's that? He's studied abroad right. in Asia. That's true. Wait, let's, let's listen to the good, the comeback. Hang on. I know how to use chopsticks so well. Come back. <laughs> it's so earnest. <laughs> uh, I gotta. Yeah, I was going through some Gabe stuff too. There's one of my favorite Gabe moments. Really quick is when um, at, at the the Glee party where they watch, Ooh. and mm-hmm. of course Andy gets into the seahorse powder or whatever it is, and is throwing up at the end. And it's just that last scene. Oh, I know. Exactly. Uh, yeah, this I, one's called Earthrise on the Moon. <laughs> <laughs> That's so beautiful. <laughs> he goes, I make soundscapes. The imagine a single imagine a single moment of a song expanded out into a landscape painting. Jim goes, You can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and the look he gives the look he gives Jim is like no. uh, uh, There are plenty of people who love touching me. <laughs> yeah, Aaron, you don't even like sex. You said it's like being tackled by a tall skeleton. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> There are a couple other great Gabe lines. Uh, One is where uh, it's at the beginning of season, or maybe it's in the, I'm trying to remember where it is, but it's a talking head goes, Gabe goes, yes, Aaron and I are still dating. Why do you ask me that so often? (laughs) And then Aaron talking about Gabe, where she's like, yeah, I'm dating Gabe. He's accomplished so much career wise and height wise. Yeah. (laughs) It's a good thing he's my boss because otherwise I wouldn't have agreed to go out with him. (laughs) Yeah. Gabe Gabe is just an interesting character to throw into that mix because like, there really wasn't anyone. He has so many elements of different characters sort of rolled into one. Like he has mm-hmm. a lot of Toby in him, just in terms of his sort of general affect uh, and his role uh, in the uh, office. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm I'm Gabe. Kevin get, gets uh, comes back with the Gabe impression right. after Gabe stands up. Yeah. For Kevin, the whole episode. Uh, I I know. Know. <laughs> uh, uh, a chow. Uh, uh, a chow. A chow. All right, guys. Let's say chow, chow to the impressions. A chow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they do the caption contest, right? Yeah. yeah. With sticky quips. Sticky quips. <laughs> Sometimes I like to use sticky quips instead of regular post-its when I'm in a fun mood. <laughs> Not all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then uh, at the end, uh, Kevin does Oscar as the count. And it's just yeah. Oscar the talking. Count. It's just Oscar talking and like it's at the count from Sesame Street. Right. Like, it doesn't work, Kevin, because like it's like I want to count to ten, right? And then Michael's like, That's great. And he goes, Good job, Cookie Monster. Kevin's like, Thank you. Like he doesn't know what to <laughs> But anyway, so season seven, we have Gabe as yeah. the as the stand in for uh for, for Saber. And at one point he asked Holly to marry him. Holly says no, and Michael says easy no. <laughs> he also goes. Gabe, Gabe asks. It's Holly? in the it's in the garage sale episode when they all propose. Holly, oh, will you the, marry oh, me? Sorry, yeah. okay. Yes. That marriage would be. Oscar asks, and Michael's like, "That would be a sham from the beginning." Yeah. And Angela asks, and he goes, "That would be hot. I would pay to see that." <laughs> Ryan asks, and he says, um, "The only one I was actually worried about." Right? Oh, and then Gabe asks, and he goes, "Easy no." <laughs> Gabe is really the embodiment of shoot your shot. I mean, he also goes to Toby to report. He's like. Uh, oh. Register a relationship with a pal. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Very uncomfortable. That's an amazing scene because uh, he's like, I want to uh, register my relationship with Val. And he goes, Okay, what's her? <laughs> he's like, Have you guys started dating? <laughs> yeah. She says, No, we haven't. We haven't started yet, but but I will once we once I uh, 
make my move or whatever. And he's like, do you even know her last name? And he's like, yes, I will. I will because she's going to be screaming it tonight. She'll be screaming her own last name. He's so confident in it too. So well written. So well written. Oh, God. This is why I really love some of the later seasons because you get really silly moments like this yeah. Yeah. that really don't live in the first season, but like, like they're they're too silly to be part of like a very cohesive, right. organized show like the earlier you know parts of the office. G- are, Gabe's an outrageous character. He's almost Creed like. He becomes that way over yeah. the course of the show. He starts out very very simple. He right? has a crazy past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get those little the little tidbits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but let's let's not delve too much yeah, into we, Gabe. We'll talk about him another time. I'm sure we will. He'll, he'll be... just sort of come up from time to time, just yeah, like he does. Just in like the he show. does on the show, yeah. right? Do you have any almond butter? I would even settle for apricot preserves. <laughs> <laughs> um, but moving into season eight, as we talk about Saber, right? Walk away, bitch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the search committee selects Robert California out of all the talented uh, applicants, right? Yes. Mm. And uh, Robert California takes one look around, Phyllis sneezes, and he drives down <laughs> and he drives down to Tallahassee and convinces Joe to give him her job. Right. Become so Robert CEO. is CEO of the company um, throughout season eight. And of course, we all kind of, we've talked about season eight a little bit here, but like Andy is manager and uh, they have to go test the store. There's so much stuff that happens in the course of season eight. A lot of it bubbling up to Saber. Like Robert challenging Andy to double his sales growth, right? In the right. incentive episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or Ro- or Andy throwing the garden party episode to impress Robert California, right? Yeah. All these different sort of, uh, they're, the the corporate aspect is kind of re-engaged. And part of that has to do with Andy trying to find himself as a manager. But the other part of that is Robert California as a sort of uh, looming presence up above them. And it is looming. Like the amount of force he sort of comes in with that everyone responds to is... Yeah, kind of a it's amazing, and I think that first scene while they're talking to him, um, when they're interviewing him, is like the first time you meet him is an extremely strong scene. It is yeah. so funny to go back and rewatch it, like the way Jim <laughs> talks to him. I'm looking at a man who looks in the camera. He too. goes, uh, uh-huh. "I'm looking at a man from across the table. Yeah, does he want hundred dollars worth of paper or one million dollars versus of deep sea <laughs> drilling equipment?" And he goes, "He doesn't want either of those things. He wants to be loved." He wants to be appreciated. Yeah. He wants to. He wants to. Uh, he wants to be successful. <laughs> he's like now these things. He's like there's no such thing as a product. There's only never, sex. Never. <laughs> he's like all life is sex. <laughs> and then he says to Jim, he's like Jim, you don't look to me like a person who will be steamrolled. And Jim says no, no. And he's uh, right. He says the fallacy uh, is that it is up to the steamroller. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you teed that you one up. answer that. Out of all the Robert California quotes, I think you teed up that exact line. Robert, you seem like a man of great confidence. Will you speak to that? That's what sets up that whole yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a dialogue with me. And, he, and, and Jim is like, I think he's insane. I think he also might be a genius, right? Yeah. The fallacy is that it is up to the steamroll. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I do think it's interesting, too, that Joe Bennett still has a presence that lives throughout yeah. the show, which is yeah. that, uh, like, Roberts does the store initiative because it's uh, it's Joe Bennett's pet project. He alludes to a certain point, like, Joe Bennett, my boss, you know. So Joe still mm. has sort of this... Um, she sort like, of like an executive. She's like company. the owner of the company. She still has that thing, but mm-hmm. she's no longer the CEO. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think the store arc is one that I personally really like because it's so weird and it's so strange. I get why other people don't like it, but I think it's really funny. And that whole thing is 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 uh, the ultimate example of them no longer being a paper company in Pennsylvania. They're a printer store in Florida run by Dwight, Jim playing Chuck, you know, Aaron right. is the blogger, right? Right. Uh, all, the, all that kind of stuff that goes on. So <laughs> Packard is the villain. Oh, yeah. Great Competition return. with Dwight. Great yeah. return from... From Todd Packer with Nelly, yeah, with we, no we, Michael. We haven't really talked about Nelly much either, but Nelly is a big is a big uh, factor here. She comes yeah. in to interview for the job, and then later she comes in as a special projects sort of director. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the show, she kind of forces her way into Andy's job, which is kind of it really her, forces her way. Know, yeah, not to mention too that the that the special the Florida special product uh, Florida special project gives Dwight new um motivation again right i mean he's yeah. basically given up right there's andy becomes the manager he's uh uh he's not dating angela anymore i mean and it gives him an opportunity um because dwight is so funny when he's you know tr- trying to um climb up in the company i mean mm-hmm. and especially in uh uh the early episodes in florida when he has appendicitis Mm-hmm. And is trying oh, to impress. That's such a Nally. such great moments. <laughs> <Don't>. <laughs> he's giving the presentation after recently going under surgery, and he's standing there with his IV on the, yeah. and he's like trying to get uh, the projected screen down. Well, <laughs> so that happens, oh. but that's before he has the the operation. But then he's he's trying to give the presentation that they all put together. He's like, "What are the three pillars of retail?" And it's, <laughs> and I just remember I, uh, one of the, the last ones is um, building loyalty. And Dwight says, killing royalty. <laughs> you know? There's no limit to what I think I deserve. When they, uh, he's like, uh, Andy calls him in to tell him about the special project. He's like, Dwight, I have some good news. And he goes, if you're promoting me to, to number two in the office again, I'm going to lose it. Right? <laughs> he's like, you got a promotion. And he's like, yes, 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 yeah, yes. Right. Yeah. He forms the, he forms his, his dream team. Right. And uh, he goes all the like they they go through the whole thing. They go down to Florida. They go to test store. Right, Dwight is eventually going to be VP. Jim stops him from charging in at the last second. Right, yeah. mm-hmm. and Todd takes the fall for everything. Yeah, um, it's a fun little arc, but it is really outside of the scope of uh, Dunderman. It's definitely the most I would say outside of the Michael Scott Paper Company arc. Like it's the most rich with plot over mm-hmm. the course of it in a show that usually doesn't have a ton of at least I mean from episode to episode it's right. usually self-contained that whole there's so much like like you mentioned of like Todd coming at the end and taking the fall it's very it's unusual for the show I mean I guess there's two there's kind of like at least two acts to the Saber story arc mm-hmm. you got when Joe Bennett and Michael are around still mm-hmm. all of season seven and some of season six and then season eight with Robert California and Andy as manager of the Scranton branch. Funny how the houses are always <laughs> colonials and the penises are always circumcised. <laughs> I love that quote. I might as well have been sketching a cube. <laughs> Let me guess. You want one too? take the family to Disney town land world. <laughs> two things I wanted to uh, mention really quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the in the test the store that whole thing they have this triangular tablet right yeah which in hindsight is so strange the power of the pyramid right and uh, they also have these arrow headphones that they're selling yeah right oh and, yeah I forgot about the phone yeah and uh, there are moments in these later seasons the office begins to feel way more dated than it does in the early seasons and 
the tab the triangular tablet thing is one that feels really really that way mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. interesting to remember like i was thinking about this and when the ipad was first the ipad was first uh kind of debuted people were really confused about it they didn't really know i feel like that was the initial response was people didn't really know what that kind of was and i remember a kid right in one of my classes in college said it feels like a terrible iphone like jammed into a like a, or it's a, a crappy Mac jammed into a gigantic iPod. Yeah, right. Right. It's like yeah. I can't put it in my pocket. It's right. not a laptop. It's not a computer. Right. Like so, people didn't realize kind of what the tablets were, and this was you know two thousand nine ish. So like this, you know, maybe a little while later, but uh, they really we you know we're so accustomed to having tablets and iPads for all sorts of things now. Like it's just interesting to think that if you're writing in two thousand ten or whatever it is about you know, an arc involving a, a store that's supposed to be like an Apple store. Yeah. You pitch these triangular tablets. It's just, I mean, it's, it's so really silly weird. because yeah. it's so like, right, weird. you can't even look at a picture on it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, I, I and <laughs> what, does it say? what <laughs> they call it the pyramid, like that it's like, I know. that's, I, it's pretty clever. And they're I, like, with the extended battery pack, it's a mere like 3.4 pounds. Or something. Wi-Fi yeah. is coming in 2012. Yeah. It's, <laughs> a, <laughs> it's just a terrible product all around. They wear those like carrying cases. No. On their Stan, Stanley uses it to carry pizza. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, another thing that you guys have kind of touched on, but that I wanted to mention while I was thinking about this arc, there are so many parallels between this arc and the Michael Scott Paper Company huh, arc. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. So it begins, right, with um, new corporate leadership coming in, right? Mm-hmm. Not Charles Minor, but uh, but Saber and all the different yeah. rules and Joe Bennett, right? And Michael is really uncomfortable, right? Right. And all these things sort of happen. And eventually, <laughs> eventually Michael leaves, right? He doesn't really come back, right? But And then at the end, like, things get really crazy, right? And it ends with David Wallace buying back the company. Hmm. Again, a weird David yeah. Wallace. Move. A multi-million. You're talking about a multi-million dollar buyout. Yeah. Right. Damn. Isn't that funny that like it kind of circles back that way and everything goes back to normal, so to speak. Yeah. Like, it's just a. It's a. It was something that I that dawned on me quite a bit. Uh, that does make me think about the end of this saber story arc, which mm-hmm. is really those are some painful episodes. The end of season eight when Andy is like, oh man, I'm thinking about the dog auction. Oh yeah, angry Andy. Angry Andy, there's that whole thing about his impotence. <laughs> like, I mean, it's... so that's that's the episode I think that is. I give a lot of um, leeway, a lot of the benefit of the doubt to season eight. Like, I like it more than most, right? And I think yeah, that's yeah. become pretty clear. I right? mean, there's great jokes still. There's but still great jokes. Yeah. The idea that Nelly comes back and just squats in Andy's office. And that Robert is cool with it because he wants to hook up with her. Like, it just doesn't track, you know? And that everyone else in the office is kind of cool with it and they don't want to, like, quit and find other jobs. Like, that... That doesn't track really well, right? It doesn't make sense that she's offering raises and they're actually able to do it. Right. And then... um, weird. Andy gets angry again in a way that is actually kind of satisfying because when you think about the trans... You know, the uh, trajectory of Andy from, like, this anger management preppy Cornell guy to this, like... Very romantic, sing-songy, banjo-playing, song, right. song and dance man, right? Yeah, like, yeah. The, the anger thing, like, comes back in a way that you haven't seen since, like, season three when he goes to anger yeah. management. Um, but it's a weird place for it to come back. You kind of wish it came back in a better way, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I'll check and, the web. <laughs> I think the impotence joke, too, is a little too far. Like, it's just, like, it takes it to such a weird psychological place with Andy. Yeah. And then I love when Aaron goes to talk to Dwight, and he's like, no. Washington Monument. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're or like Jim and Pam. Pam's like, we've had that problem before. And Jim's like, 
Well, it was very late, and I was very right. drunk. There's a conference okay. room meeting to talk about. They have a conference room meeting to talk I, about. It's yeah, just, yeah. Oh, it's so painful. It is like, and I don't know, man. I just feel like it's it's it goes. I don't know. I don't know if it's it, there's there are. Amazing cringe comedy moments in the office, and that one's almost like a. It's maybe it wasn't funny enough. I don't. Well, know. I feel like like obviously the dealing with Michael's insecurities is a huge engine of the show for a long time, right? And it works because it's very earnest, and Michael's a very honest, if not you know, a, often a reprehensible person. I'm glad he's getting treatment. He's stupid. He has a lot of problems. <laughs> exactly. Like like. Like the characters know that about him, yeah. and I feel like with Andy, it doesn't it doesn't land the same way because we've already spent so much time exploring Andy's psyche in earlier seasons, mm-hmm. and it's sort of like, who's this new Andy? Like, I don't yeah. really care that he becomes. We need to fix this guy because right. It's not enough in that episode where Jim is like, "What is going on?" And then he says some other stuff, and he looks in the camera, and he goes, "And what is going what on?" Is going- <laughs> right. It's not enough, you know. I think. And then in general, like Andy leaves and he comes back as a guest making Cherry's Jubilee. Right. right. Oh, and right. I go to the dog auction and he talks about his rock opera starring Thomas Oregon. Yeah. Robert California. You're being a real Thomas, Thomas, Oregon. Oregon. Thomas Oregon. He adopts all the dogs. And then Aaron is like, okay, this is my this life is, now. This is my <laughs> life now. Oh, boy. Nine dogs, right? Oh, that's right. He does leave. Kevin gets a dog. I do. I do. I'm heavy on the drops today. No, it's good. I love it. That's when um, Andy is uh, in. He's going to get the girl, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Robert comes in. He wants to know where Andy is. That's and when Nellie's given. And yeah, Andy, Andy calls and he's like, sorry, Robert, I'm down here. And then he like hangs up the phone in Florida and it cuts yeah. back to Robert and he goes, he just hung up the phone. Mid-sentence. <laughs> yeah. um, but anyway. Shaving in the ocean. I do really Turns love. Tallahassee is about two hours inland. <laughs> so I overshot quite a bit. <laughs> and then the old lady that Aaron is helping, she's like, yeah. where's the ring? Where's yeah. the ring, Lance? A- where's the ring, Lancelot? Yeah, that, that whole, that's. She's living with her weird son. Yeah, man, it does feel that you say it sometimes. It feels like a fever it's a, dream. It's a fever dream. Yeah. yeah. And Aaron is like, uh, they're like, good hot dogs today, Aaron. She's like, yeah, I reuse the water so they'll get better every time. It's oh. only going to get better from here. She's like, what kind of tea is this? She's like, oh, we were out. So I just boiled some Gatorade. <laughs> I I agree that that scenes are a little out, but the actress that plays that older woman, I, is pretty I funny, don't right? know her name. She but is. She's, she's really funny. good. I love that. She says, where's the ring, Lance? A lot. Yeah. And he comes up. <laughs> He ran out on you with that body and those bazongas. <laughs> do you know uh, anything about film? But I do, you know, and then it wraps up, of course, with, with Andy coming back and like mopping the carpet and like being drunk oh, and then not right. being drunk and wearing the mechanics outfit and spilling the soup. Right. And uh, I, soup. <laughs> I think it's such a funny, he's like, Nelly, I made you some soup. Delicious like, oh my God, Andy. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the, but I love when, uh, they're all in the same room and they're like, Andy, no, this is what we're talking about, man. Like you were drunk earlier and now you're not. And then what was that accent? Right. And then, uh, he's like, don't worry guys. I, I did it. I'm a manager again. David Wallace bought back the company and everything. And they're like, Oh, David okay. Wallace hasn't worked here. In and they're years. like, yeah. And they're like, Andy, we're not, we're your friends, Andy. They're like, stop saying my name. And, uh, Aaron says, uh, no, uh, Andy talks to me about seeing David Wallace all the time. And they're like, Andy, 
Aaron, have you ever seen David Wallace? Right, like, <laughs> like it's. A... <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, real quick, shout out to Georgia Engel, who is the actress who played Georgia Irene, Engel. the grandma. She's from uh, she's... Everybody Loves Raymond and the Mary Tyler Moore Show. Mary Tyler Moore Show. That's what she's yeah, from. I knew she was from. Uh, yeah, famous show. But anyway, so uh, oh, Free Family Portrait Studio has one of my all-time favorite Jim Dwight pranks, which is where uh, Dwight or Jim is very scared throughout yeah. the day. Yeah. Free Family Portrait Studio, last he, episode of season eight. This is where Dunner Mifflin comes back. But Jim is very scared because he maybe has gone too far with pranking Dwight. Yeah. Which is he follows, he goes to the same dry cleaners where Dwight goes for all his suits and he gets the same one replaced with tearaway Velcro. Oh so when Dwight God, walks right. up, he like rips off his whole oh suit. Oh my God. <laughs> Dwight's walk before that happens. <laughs> yeah. <is> so <laughs> Good morning. Yeah. <laughs> He just tears away the entire suit. I remember got it replaced well, with tearaway so... Velcro. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that is all pretty, right, that is too far. So, any summary? Any any summary thoughts here on on Saber? I mean, does it Saber? I like Saber when when Michael and Joe are around. Uh, obviously, I I love uh, Gabe, um, but uh, as as the Saber story arc goes on. That is the unraveling of the show to me. And, uh, you know, it just gets weird from there um, with Nellie and Robert California and Andy as manager. Um, I, that's that's uh, my that's my that's yeah, <laughs> it's funny. Nellie has I've been rewatching these last two seasons a lot, mainly for trivia reasons. But Nellie's grown on me like I actually think she's gets kind of funnier as time goes on mm-hmm. even though she she's put in a very difficult position in that show because she's in like a job like people are the characters really aren't supposed to like her you as the audience member is like this is just one of joe's friends i like nelly but i think she's i think she's pretty funny. i like nelly in season nine when she is just another person in the office and almost yeah. is a straight character a little bit mm-hmm like all of a sudden, even though she was absolutely outrageous in Florida. Um, yeah. I remember I uh, trying to sleep with Dwight. My parents. I can see the light. Oh, that's right. Oh, it just turned off when I said that. Oh, the Tinkerbell. <laughs> the whole Tinkerbell bit. That just reminded me that. I love when she introduces herself, right? And yeah. She's like, she tells Dwight, she's like, ask me if the manager's here. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. He gets up and he's like, I where know is this guy? Yeah. She's like, Guy, eh? She's like, I know what you were expecting. He's like, big, tall, confident man, big whopping penis, right? <laughs> whopping. Yeah. And then she goes, so stop staring at my breasts and start looking at my penis. <laughs> <laughs> whopping penis. I do. She has some really funny lines. She like, does. She's hysterical. when uh, she's like, you know, I found that in America, you can just go in and take any job you want. That's how I came to briefly race a Formula One car, the two slowest laps ever recorded. <laughs> she's like, that's a lot about the American dream. It's just random. Yeah. <laughs> she, uh, uh, it was a funny part. Of my my parents. I think I've said this before in the show, but my parents kind of stopped after Michael left. Yeah, like they were loved the show and saw it for the first yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And then they gave up. And but over Christmas, I was like, "You guys got to see the series finale." And we watched it, and they loved it. But then like Nelly really? shows up on screen, and they're mm-hmm. like, "Who is that?" And I was like, "Oh, sh- um, hmm. uh, sh- she's just there now. Don't." It's like it's yeah. so hard to explain why she's there. They just started adding new characters. Yeah, for, for no so that's, good it's reason. Tough, but I you do got think Clark and Plop. Yeah, like she's a nine. I, the, sorry, that's after Saber. I'm no, kidding. no, I do think she's funny. But anyway, I yeah, I think she, the she, Saber arc helps the show. 
when it, Michael's gone and it, it introduces a lot of character, a lot of plot. I mean, it just seems like, yeah, they but, not only are they adding all these other people already, they can't get, I mean, they can't find a, a good direction for Andy. They can't, like, figure out what they're doing with certain characters, and yet they just continue to add people. I think that's where I where I get a little... I think in in thinking about this arc... The Saber arc was a really important catalyst for change in the episode, in the show. Yeah. I think the fact that you had to address during the recession why this paper company was always on the risk of being downsized. Like right. having some sort of finality to that was really, really important and allowed the show to be kind of stable for the rest of season six and all of season seven. Right. Mm. That said, it went way too far in sort of catalyzing change into season eight with Robert California and like all these things, which while it produced some really funny moments, it produces... You know, like you said, the world grows maybe a little bit too much and it needs to kind of retract and shrink. So we have a little bit more focus. Right. And it's amplify. Yeah. And uh, I think, you know, we, we see that kind of come through. And I think in season nine, when they reboot, like they limit it on purpose, they write out characters who um, don't really serve the plot nearly as much or kind of outgrown the show as writer actors. So mm-hmm. uh, Mindy Kaling, BJ Novak, Kelly and Ryan are both out season one. I think bringing in new characters gives them a little bit of new life, you know, gives new characters to explore. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't argue that they bring in a lot, you know, mm-hmm. and whether or not that's a good or a bad thing. Not all of them make sense, you know, throughout the end of season nine, but mm-hmm. at least it breathes a little bit of new life into the show, mm-hmm. you know. But I agree it's difficult for them to recapture the focus, the tone, the magic of the early to mid seasons in, in large part because Michael Scott's not there. Of course. But also because the, fo- the show just kind of loses track. It's all over the place. It's not coherent. It's not cohesive, you know. Mm-mm. I yeah. think I could sum up uh, how I feel about season eight in one drop right here. Not a party if you don't do something that scares you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, conference room? Conference room. Conference five room. minutes. All right. You know what? That's it. Conference room. Five minutes. All right, welcome to the conference room segment where each week uh, one of us will kind of take us through a fun, quick-hitting little topic. It could be all sorts of things. Uh, this week, I'm leading it. We're doing top five guest receptionists on Ooh. The Office. So ah. I will count down five to one. Uh, top five guest receptionists. So no Aaron, no Pam, right? Okay. Um, and we'll give a little moment that kind of highlights what they were doing. So okay, okay. Please. Coming... I, I'm, I'm, when you said five, I was like, there were five? Yeah, I know, that's right. I guess. I can yeah, think okay, of two right. other people, but that's it. I'm all starting right. to remember some. Yeah, okay, go ahead. So coming in at number five, Gabriel Susan Lewis, right? <laughs> so it happens in the... I, had to, I was looking up a list. It happens in season seven in the garage sale episode. But if you go back and watch the episode, you won't find it. I had to go to the deleted scenes. Whoa. Gabe Lewis is, uh, or Gabe you is did? the, Gabe is the, uh, <laughs> yes, yes, I did. True to form. My character is you. very consistent. Yeah. Uh, Gabe <laughs> is the guest receptionist. And he's like, I'm up here filling in while everyone is having the garage sale. And he's like, I can't believe how easy Aaron's job is. And there's one moment of him actually doing the work, and he gives a bunch of letters to Holly, and he goes, sealed with a kiss, personal touch, and he's taped a Hershey, Hershey kiss to the letters. <laughs> and then he goes, Amazing. and I'm done with mail. That's all of it. That's all of Gabe's reception. Excellent. I had no idea. Okay. Number four is Ronnie. Yes. Yeah. So highlighted by Michael's quote, while Pam <laughs> yes. is in art school, Michael tees up the line. Uh, he says, Pam, I would like you to meet Ronnie. We call her Rice Ronnie. She's hilarious. She's wonderful. A beam of light in the dark, dark office. Not really so much. All she does is plop herself down there and answer phones all day. Right. And the other moment where Ronnie kind of does anything is when they're having that party where it's all fruit. 
and it's like that really sad music. Ronnie says, uh, they're all quiet. And Michael says, this is a pretty lame party. And Ronnie says, does anyone want to dance? And the room just clears. Oh, my God. That's, <laughs> that's right. right. That's oh, right. that's so good. Uh, all right. Number three, Kevin Malone. Oh, During yes. the Michael Scott Paper Company arc, when Pam leaves and they're trying oh, to backfill. very important to us. <laughs> he's like, Kevin, I want you on phones, right? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and so the call comes in and he's like, Oscar, your mom, right? And they're yeah. like, he's like, Kev, no. Like, uh, no. Jim is like, no, we, 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 we. Stay right there. <laughs> we settled this. You're going to transfer the call, okay? And he goes, yes, I wrote it on my hand, but then I washed it. Right? <laughs> so they're trying to transfer a call to Andy and they finally get it. And they're all clapping Everyone and applauding. Applauds, and he cuts to Andy and he goes, my maid died. <laughs> Wait, Who, of course, was a very important died. part of his yeah. life. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it, I had that one. <laughs> Shoot. What is Andy's maid's name? Oh, I don't know. I think we know it. He says, uh, like, oh, yeah. In the Bernard household, when you want something, you write it down and like Cornelia goes and gets R- it for Rosa you. or something Rosa, like that. Rosa, right. I do not. Ooh, I can't remember. Deep, deep trivia. What is Andy's extension? <laughs> Oh, oh man, I have no yeah, idea. It's one, no. one, three, four. Right? Okay. Wait, listen to how much they're still celebrating yeah. in the background of this. Listen. My maid died. Yeah, no, they're they're framed <laughs> that way through going. the window. Like, you can going. watch them celebrating. Yeah. They called him into the conference room and to do a confession. People are so stoked about Kevin. Yeah. yeah. Right. Amazing. Uh, and then number two, Ryan Howard. Yes. So Ryan comes in during the uh, while Pam is in um, art school to replace Ronnie. He goes, Ronnie was well. And when Ryan called me and he told me that uh, he was moving back to town, Get I called me, the temp Ryan agency. Howard. I said, "Give him to me. I have to have him." Right. <laughs> uh, so the moment from Ryan is, of course, with the goatee, and he says, "And which we just see Michael with a goatee with no context." Goatee, exactly. And then uh, Ryan comes in. He says, "And you got a goatee? Did you get that after you helped me move and saw mine?" He goes, "Yeah, goatee." <laughs> right. <laughs> and then later. Uh, when Michael is Michael Clump, he points in the back. And he's like, "Hey, you shaved off your goatee?" Yeah. He's like, "Yeah." And Michael is just incredulous. Yeah. He can't believe it. And, and then, then after that, <laughs> Michael and Dwight or Michael and Ryan are together. Yeah. And he's like, look, look at us. No goatees. Goateeless. The goateeless brothers. And then in the back, Dwight with the goatee is like <laughs> hangs his head. Uh, All right. And our number can one. Can guess it? Yes. You are correct, sir. Andy Bernard in the Tallahassee episode oh, yeah. in season eight. Uh, there are a few moments that I wanted to highlight with Andy's receptionist. Uh, Pam comes up and says, are those mini pizzas? And Andy says, yeah, I figured we keep things savory while Oscar's mouth is in canker country. <laughs> <laughs> I've also got bacon wrapped dates on deck. <laughs> and then oh, he says, God. he says, uh, hey, Daryl, your facts went through. And then it bleeps out Daryl's response. And he's like, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right. And then he gives him the fist bump and he's like, up high. <laughs> And then the last one, which is my favorite, is Andy goes, mail call. His name is Oscar. And he got some mail. And he better open it or go to jail because it's your taxes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I was uh, waiting for uh, who is that other receptionist uh, that uh, that D'Angelo hires? What was her name? That's just his assistant. Jordan? Jordan. Jordan Garfield. I that's am, his assistant. He's his yeah assistant. I think she's behind. She's not behind the receptionist desk. She's sitting at um, Jim's desk. Okay. Yeah, she sits. Yeah, that's right. Oh, okay. Uh, as a quick, uh, quick trivia little uh, thing, the the uh, receptionist in Utica is Rolando. Correct. Oh, my God. Uh, Dunder Mifflin, this is Rolando. I love at the end of Branch Wars when uh, <laughs> Pam, Pam is like, tough day. 
Rolando told me everything. Oh my god, that's she's so like, funny. how humiliating for you. Oh my and then god. she's like, uh, would it help you to return to a time of uh, refinement and uh, and you know excitement or something? And so he she invites him into the finer things club. Right. Oh yeah, nice. Uh, also, oh yeah, really good Rolando moment is you just hear you hear Michael call that branch mm-hmm. and you hear Rolando's voice and. He's like, hey, Rolando. He's like, hi, Michael. Like, <laughs> how often has he been harassed by Michael? Yeah, when he goes in and like when they're yeah when they're on the lecture circuit and he <laughs> yeah. goes in and Rolando's like, hi, Michael. They're all in the conference room waiting for you. <laughs> and then he talks. To, Rolando connects him to Karen, and Karen's like, ooh, I'm scared. And Michael's like, all right, Karen, will you please connect me to your best salesman, please? And then Aaron calls it is Ben Nugent. We have Ben Nugent on the phone. He's like. He's like, Ben, I'm going to keep this simple. Do you like riddles? <laughs> He's like, because I want you to come to, come to Scranton and be my best friend. Aren't you the guy who ran over that woman with your car? He goes, no, and you're next. <laughs> and he's like, so what do you say? You want to come work for me? <laughs> he goes, are you serious? Uh, other two receptionists that they list. Okay. In corporate, her name is Grace. Oh, okay. And this one I would never have gotten. In Stanford, the receptionist's name is Polly. Yeah. Oh, no, never. Never would have gotten yeah. that. But, no way. All right, that concludes our conference room segment with the Excellent. top five guest um, receptions. You guys, thank you so much for listening. Well, we to, got some trivia. What? Oh, oh my God! Jump in the gun. A little more. A little more. All right. There's, there's always go. a little yes. extra. Okay. Yeah. You know let's I mean? do it. Let's, let's do, do some it. trivia. By the way, while I get this ready, the I would have been interesting if if <laughs> in a world where Andy Bernard's character came in as a receptionist after Pam. You know what I mean? He would have been. Would have been such a he funny could character have stayed in that. as receptionist. It'd be funnier than manager. Yeah, Andy's like for Andy's character. Pam says, "Andy, this job is terrible. What are you doing?" He's like, "I know, right? Like, yeah, yeah, right." <laughs> so he's like, but yeah, if Aaron had like it. stayed in or left or something, and then Andy took over that role. He likes he likes pleasing people, and then it would you, make sense to bring doing that. It would have made sense to bring Pam back as a salesman to take over. For Andy and yeah, and anyway, Andy, Andy doesn't handle stress well, so that's that's mm-hmm. also a good thing for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's do trivia. Let's just do our thing, collect our hardware, and get the hell home. Here we are with another single episode, frame-by-frame edition of trivia. This one from season six, episode two. Edwin? Um, It's not gossip, it's the meeting. Correct. Ooh. I think Damn. that's going to be All part right. of trivia now, is Edwin guessing <laughs> what episode what? just based on the number, which is impressive in its own right. The meeting. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, close. got it, got it. The meeting, yes. yes. Yeah, do you right. remember what happened? Yeah, in yeah. Jim, Jim calls David Wallace in to have a meeting. Mm-hmm. Michael, the, yes. Yes, so, okay, got it. Uh, <laughs> um, Okay, let's just you know what? Let's just start. We'll go with uh, the, as the order of the episode goes. Give it to me. What is the name of Michael's colonoscopy doctor? Oh, is it Doctor Shandrin? It's not Crentist. <laughs> it's not Crentist. <laughs> it's Doctor Shandri. You Dr. were so Shandry. close. Okay, all right. Doctor Shandri. Uh, corporate shuts down what branch in this episode? Uh, Binghamton. No. Buffalo. Buffalo. Correct. Got the first letter right. Sorry, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come back. Jump yeah. in. Um, this is kind of a throw-in, but how much does uh, um, Jim and Pam's wedding costs? How much per person? Uh, $70 a person. 75 Very close. 75 nice. $75 a person. I'll Part take whatever their, is fancy unless there's ribs. Yeah. <laughs> Part of their other incentive to keep people from coming. Right. 
Um, and then Michael gives him the days off. Um, <laughs> Michael compares Jim to Big Bird in this episode. But which Sesame Street character does Michael Scott think should be promoted? Um, one of the adults, like... Uh, Gordon, Maria. Maria, yes. <laughs> no, which, which Sesame Street character? Oh, Grover? No. He's like, promoting Jim would be like promoting Big Bird, but you shouldn't... Promote, Big Bird shouldn't be the manager. It should be I someone do, like... I, Elmo? Bird. No. No. Oh, oh, Bird. Bird. <laughs> Classic. Oh, yeah. Bird would do yeah. a good job. This is... A t- okay, two more questions. This one's real tough. Actually, maybe... Actually, you know what? I never know what's hard anymore with these <laughs> questions. Um, Daryl and Daryl's sister, Gwyneth, as we know. Mm-hmm. Yep. What are their jersey numbers? 68? No. 06? 74? No. <laughs> I don't know. No. All right. Is it the same? Oh, no. ha! No, each oh, have two. But yeah, this is, of course, the subplot with uh, mm-hmm. investigating that yeah, yeah. with Toby. And um, uh, Gwyneth wears number 12. Daryl's wearing number 94. Mm. We were way off. Yeah, that was a. If he gave us like ninety-five more guesses, we would have eventually gotten it. (laughs) That's not a great question, you know. It's tough. Part of trivia is having good questions. All right, and the the marquee question is this one: is can you name all of the cheeses Mm. on the tray that Andy brings in? There's goldfish. Mm -hmm. There's. But what does he call them? It's not like he refers to them as a Um, as a cheese. Medium Wisconsin cheddar. Uh. That's a, a, a firm cheddar, firm cheddar, which is the goldfish. <laughs> Classic American, craft uh, single or something. Almost, yeah, something along those lines. Uh, a traditional American. And there's ground Parmesan, mm-hmm. right, which you refer to as an aged Parmesan. You have two. <laughs> okay, the goldfish, so the goldfish which yeah. is a firm cheddar. A Wait, hold on. He has the cheese whiz, which is reacted with the air to form a slight, slight rind. rind. A yeah. slight rind. That yes. is the cheese oh spread. He's God. like, if you will, I, l- I think it's fun to take the goldfish for a little bit of a swim in the uh, <laughs> in the last cheese, which bon is uh, something you'd find in a fridge, in the door of a fridge. I don't know, queso or Velveeta or brie or something? Blue cheese dressing. Blue cheese dressing. Oh, Illinois. Blue cheese dressing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. wow. Great oh state of God. Illinois. Chris, Illinois, blue cheese dressing. I want to talk about Michael's and phone call. If I may be so bold. If I may be so bold. <laughs> Michael's phone call where he tries to fake to go in the room. Yeah. And he's like, okay, all right. And he's like, yeah, okay, I love you too, right? He's like, well, you could tell the mayor, you know. Yeah. And then he's like, you could tell the mayor, you just lost six votes. Right? <laughs> yeah. I love that line. How does he lose six so votes? Specific. And he goes, all right, okay, I love you too. Uh, <laughs> uh, that whole, uh, that's all the questions. I just, that, that whole speech that Andy gives when he walks in and presents is, the cheeses is, is really, I think monologue. Ed Helms is one of Ed Helms' finest moments yeah. on that show. Uh, yeah. Um, Alex, thank you for trivia. Hey, you're welcome. Everyone at home, thank you for listening. Uh, check us out on social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter at Michael Scott Pod. We're on Instagram at Michael Scott Podcast Company. We have a phone number that you can call, and that is 503-694-9314. You can leave us a voicemail with a question, a hot take, anything at all. We'd love to hear it. Uh, we may even put it on the show, as we have done in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next week where we're going to talk about Dwight Schrute. Dwight K. Full Shrew. episode on Dwight. Finally. It's going to be huge. The episode you've been waiting for. Do not miss it. Check us out. Are we like going to be subscribe. losers, slack-offs like Jim, or are we going to join the Dwight Army of Champions? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we all have a hero in our heart. <laughs> Thanks for listening. See you next week. Dink and flicker.
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.